0: Welcome to the uh, life of Sev, the Sevo Show. And I'm going through a, still going through a crisis of what I should actually formally call the show. It's been over a year since we've um, we've started, and still can't make up my mind. We have here Brendan McCormack. <laughs> from his stint as uh, the head guy from the fitness industry in all of Perth uh, through Perth FitFam. And now he's ventured into the tech world uh, in uh, introducing a new dating app called Fitify. Thank you for coming in, Brendan. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm glad
1: that you got Fitify right because I reckon about 20% of people think it's Fit Oh, can I swear? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Fit, 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 fit AF, <laughs> fit, AF-y, so fit AF So, fit as fucky. So, yeah, about twenty percent of fit as fucky. So, you got it first,
0: first time. I love it. Nice, excellent, <laughs> excellent. So, so Brennan, um, just for the audience, because my audience is is young, old, predominantly younger. Um, who are you? Who am Yeah, even that's though I a, introduce That's a deep you. question.
1: <laughs> Who are you? Oh, my Lord. This could go down a psychedelic route. Absolutely. Who am I to my core? No, so I've been in the fitness industry for about 17 years. So, like you mentioned, I guess... Most people would have known me or come across me as being the founder of Perth FitFam, which was the largest city-based fitness community, something I created through, um, which started off as an Instagram resharing platform, um, came, uh, built into vlog content, podcast content. So it was a top 30 iTunes, a um, commentator of the CrossFit Games. Um, was one of the media team in the Arnold Sports Festival Australia. Um, and now I'm the founder of a dating app which I never thought not not once did I ever wake up and go oh I'm going to be a founder of a dating app so How did there you I go get here. Okay. So
0: wind it back before the whole fitness thing started where why why the fitness industry in the first place Yeah good question
1: so I did two things growing up I was a baseballer And I was a guitarist and uh, that's where I spent all my time just doing those things. And, um, I, from when I was 13 till I was about 16, I was a very, very skinny, uh, vegetarian guitarist. Um, and one of my, one of my friends, he was an older friend, he went to the gym and he was like, Hey man, like, why don't you come to the gym? And I was like, yeah, sure. Cause I looked up to him heaps. (laughs) And from the first moment that I stepped into the gym, um, I just became obsessed. And then within, I think, a a year or a couple of years, I did my first bodybuilding comp. I sold all my guitar stuff. And ever since then, I just wanted to sell protein. So I was 16 (sighs) years old and I just wanted to be that guy at the supplement store that sold protein before supplement stores were cool, by the way. So it was very, very rare. There wasn't 24-7 gyms on the corner. Um, There wasn't CrossFit, nothing like that. And so people would think that I'd walk into the store and they'd think that it was...
0: Um, paint buckets and yeah, yeah I remember those stores I yeah. remember when they first sprung up and I was just like what an actual store dedicated to protein yeah okay
1: that's that's what I was like so that's yeah. when I started I just wanted to be one of those guys and so I used to wag in year 11 and 12 so in Canberra where I grew up it was called college so and, and you could call your teachers by your first name there was no uniforms you were treated as an adult and I used to wag a lot of my classes because I would just want to go train and I would also then just go to the supplement store where I looked up to the guys that worked there and I like I said I just wanted to sell protein right so I almost failed year 12 because I didn't have enough points because I had so many unexplained absences (laughs) but I was a really good worker so I did extra work experience at the supplement store I used to go to all the time and um, because I worked really well I ended up getting a full-time job and that's how it all sort of started like I guess me in the industry Nice and, and and all just started from a friend just suggesting it to you. Just saying, yeah, man. It was actually his fortieth birthday on the twenty nine uh We twen- can shout him out. What's his name? Uh his name's Tommy Tom Kierry or Tommy K. Shout outs. Yeah. So um it was actually his birthday on the th- his fortieth birthday uh on the 30. Is that how old recently. you are too? I'm 35 I'm close So he was 5 years older Oh wow Yeah yeah So he was 5 years older And it's so bizarre Because I still remember His 21st birthday I still remember when
0: Yeah what was he doing Hanging out with a 16 year old
1: So (laughs) So he He was really into my sister Yeah Oh yeah Yeah so he was my supervisor At Woolies It was my first proper job Being a checkout chick at Woolies Yeah And he was into my sister (laughs) So me and him Sort of became close And um, (laughs) It's a good story I haven't told this story So he (laughs) and I sort of became close and he became like I guess more of a mentor and like a bigger brother that I didn't have and um that's how it all stemmed out but I used to have like fake IDs and stuff I was a pretty hectic kid so I used to have fake IDs and (laughs) I used to like go out with him when I was 16 and I'd be in like nightclubs and things like that so um yeah we um he was definitely that bigger brother mentor that's dope that's dope and uh did he get your sister in the end no, she married one of his really close friends. Oh, yeah, so devastating. So yeah, that never eventuated for him, but yeah, she ended up marrying one of his um, high school friends. So At least you, you go. got a
0: lifelong friend out of it.
1: Yeah, what, what's because he lives in Melbourne and I I moved away from Canberra I think 14 years ago. What,
0: what got you to move?
1: Uh, it goes back to baseball. So oh, yeah, um, I was in. I, I I came over here for the Nationals one year. Um, I played state level and you know came over here to play in the National League. And um, when you grew up in Canberra, Canberra is a, like a, a beautiful green city, um, but it's a a, mount, a surrounded by mountains and it's very, very cold and it's very small. And when I came over here and for me, seeing the Perth city was beautiful and it was summer and going to City Beach and Scarborough and I had never seen, because the beaches over there are different and I'd never seen anything like it. And back then, I always thought, oh man, I'd love to live there. So... Um, I was 20, almost 21. I'd started reading books like Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I started in Canberra, it's very public servant dominant. So my whole family were all public servants. They all worked for the government and that's what they wanted for me. And I was very different mentally than my family. And as I started to read this book and started to understand that I could do different things um, and, and being at that age, I almost needed to fly away to go learn for myself. And I loved Perth. It was beautiful. And it was as far away as I could be as possible without leaving the country. <laughs> and so I told my parents, Perth. I'm going to move to Perth. And three weeks later, I jumped on a plane and I ended up here.
0: Nice. So you grew your wings, you left the nest, and then you landed in Perth. I have a similar story from when I was living in Kalgoorlie um, through my high school. Yep. And I was. my mum said, go to uni or get a job and mm-hmm. I got a job as a lifeguard. I loved it. Yes. And I was going to become a supervisor and all of that stuff, started training for it. And then I was like, I want to go play footy. I want to take it a little bit more seriously, but no one said that I could do it. Like at amateur level, the coach really didn't like fully believe in me or anything like that. And, but I, I believed in myself and then I left. I, I clipped my I, I grew my wings and, and, and sent it to Perth too. And then yeah, played in the waffle for eight eight to 10 years. But what happened to you when you landed in Perth? What was that first year like for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually, it was so amazing, man. So I remember looking back, I didn't have a lot of fear and I had my ticket and my friend moved over here. So I was going to stay with him for a couple months. And um, I, I actually, I better set the story up sequentially. <laughs> so I didn't have a job. My idea was i would get a job in the mines. I'll do because by that stage, you know, I'm reading Think and Grow Rich. I thought money was the answer. And I was like, oh, young dudes are making heaps of money in the mines. There was a mining boom back then, 2006. And I was like, I'll go get a high-paying job in the mines. Now, I'm not a handy or hands-on or like a get dirty sort of person. Same. Yeah, at all. So it would have been horrible for me if I did. But anyway, I was looking on Seek the day before I flew out. And there was this job for a supplement distributor called BPG Imports and now called Nutrition Systems. They're based in Perth. They're the biggest the biggest wholesaler of all time in Australia. And they had a job called an account manager. And I thought an accounts manager meant that it was an accountant position, but I was, this is how I knew nothing, but I was reading the job description and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a sales job and I I can do that. So anyway, I like put up a resume, I sent it through and literally within a couple of hours, I got a phone call from the head office saying, hey, you know, we just got your resume. You look like you'd be great for the job, but I noticed that it says that you live in ACT. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to jump on a plane and move over. And they were like, oh, okay. Um, Do you want to have an interview on Monday? I love it. So anyway, jumped on the plane, came over. um, And then I had that meeting on the Monday and I walked in and literally within five minutes, they were like, yep, you've got the job. This is it. And (laughs) it was my first rep job. Um, Yeah, it was my first job as a rep. And I, you know what, you know what, like, I was so lucky that it panned out like that. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just enthusiastic and
0: having- That's all you need.
1: Yeah, literally. That's all you need. Literally. So other reps, right? They'd been around for- I was young. I was the youngest rep that was on the road, probably still to this day. You were the
0: hungriest though.
1: I was was hungry and I realized, oh, all I have to do is see lots of people and get them to like me and be really positive and passionate about it. And within the first month, I doubled sales and I wasn't a salesperson. I had no idea what I was doing because I just realized, oh, become friends with these people. Like- Get them to like you and they're gonna buy. And they literally did. And it was crazy. So that was such a learning lesson. And um my first year here, because I stayed here for 12 months before I moved back to Sydney. My first year here was a lot of growth. I read a lot of books, I hung out with a lot of good people. I, I got to do cool stuff like um Ronnie Coleman, the greatest bodybuilder of all time. He was sponsored by BSN, which is a supplement company at the time. And they were one of the companies we, one of the brands we distributed. So I got to drive Ronnie Coleman around for a couple of I'm da- So I'm 21 at that stage and I got to drive Ronnie Coleman around my idol for a couple of and days. And you weren't even into the gym five years before, five years prior. Yeah. A skinny little vegan, man. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I've always been super obsessive about whatever I did. So, yeah, you I, know, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. The way I play guitar, like super obsessive. When I was young, super obsessive. Baseball, like you reach a high level. Um, Uh, with the gym, I bench pressed in the gym the first time and I just went, okay, that's what I do now. And then ended up bodybuilding (laughs) back
0: then. You're all in. So can you remember a conversation you had with Mr. Coleman?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Ronnie Coleman is a pretty chill person and he doesn't speak a lot. And back then in 2006, there was no iPhones at that stage. So we had a Blackberry and having a Blackberry was like really high tech. Like you could have an email on your phone. So we, we had two conversations even though i drove him around for two days we had two conversations um one of them was we were eating together and i ordered a steak with a salad and he ordered a whole bunch of chicken with rice yeah. a whole bunch of rice and he put artificial sweetener on his rice and i was like and him and his cousin they both did it and i'm like what are you doing? That's such a weird thing. Like, why are you doing that? And for me, that was really weird. And he's looking at my meal and I'm this skinny little white kid and with the biggest bodybuilder of all time. (laughs) And he's like, man, why aren't you having carbs with that? And he was so offended that I wasn't having carbs. I was this skinny little white kid. So that was one conversation. The other one was, he was about to do a guest pose and we were out the back and I was just keeping him company, chilling with him. Yeah. And one of the um, competitors, one of the, you know, they weren't even bikini competitors back then. But, you know, essentially one of the bikini or one of the model competitors was out the back and she had amazing genetics. Like she was shredded year round. She had these splits in her biceps. She was just designed. She was She was born for it. <laughs> So to speak, just genetically gifted. And she walked in and, you know, I said who she was and I said, she's probably got the best genetics I've ever seen. And because I spoke about bodybuilding and I'm talking about genetics, he was super into this conversation about someone's genetics. So that were the two key conversations that we had. The highlight of my time with Ronnie Coleman outside of being with Ronnie Coleman um, was when he was doing his guest pose And we kind of got to know each other a bit by then He couldn't He's so big he couldn't take his shirt off And he's come up to me And he's like Well This ain't gonna take itself off And he just lifted up his arms And I had to like help rip <laughs> off his shirt
0: So you, so you undress Ronnie Coleman I undress Ronnie Coleman So That's that hard. was probably the highlight of the whole thing That's hard Did you do it slowly? Nah I think I was just
1: like I actually thought <laughs> I, I I vividly remember thinking Oh my god How many people get to take off Ronnie Coleman's shirt <laughs> So that was it. That was my highlights of Ronnie Coleman
0: for sure. Oh my God. That's awesome. That's, 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 that's fantastic. So 21, you met Ronnie Coleman, you're a sales rep. Where did you go from there?
1: Yeah. So I got really, I spent that year reading a lot of books. I was learning so much and discovering stuff. And I thought I was the next big entrepreneur to come out of the fitness industry. And um, You went wrong. Uh, it, it, it took a lot of years Yeah, which that's we'll important. get into that's Yeah, it is yeah. And that's an important thing That we can chat about for sure So um, there was this brand that I loved And I knew that they were going to do great things So you know Bang Energy Drinks? Oh my god Yeah, okay, cool So everyone knows Bang Energy Drinks So yeah. they were a supplement company called VPX And they had some great products And the guys who I worked for They just weren't into them Like they just didn't want it And I thought, well, I'm this young entrepreneur I'm going to be the next big thing So I ended up quitting my job flying back to Canberra, booking tickets to go to the Arnold Classic in America because I had negotiate, like I had arranged meetings with this company and I landed within a day. I flew to Ohio um, and I negotiated the exclusive distribution rights for Australia for this brand, although three other big players were going for it. So I negotiated that deal using a Woolworths international call card on my mum and dad's phone um. Again, That's gangster. Yeah, no idea what I was doing, like, you know, nothing, you know. Had so th- how, did, how did
0: you do that? Like, did you just go, hey, can you please be exclusive? I am
1: I just went and met with him. I went and yeah. met and um, I think that the other guy, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think, again, like being enthusiastic, creating like good relationships. showing yourself in
0: person. In person yeah. was
1: huge, yeah. And I feel like such a dumbass now because I was walking around the expo trying to be like a businessman with like a full like suit and shirt um and I think I even had like a little briefcase so it looked like I was a professional and I look back and I'm like did you
0: have anything in the briefcase
1: probably a laptop a really old laptop possibly um but yeah I I just remember I, I like walked around I did that and um were you having fun this whole time uh yeah oh yeah hundred percent like like it's exhilarating when you're 21 years old
0: and you're but, doing but these no things. one's told you anything about it no one's taught you anything about it you're just going with the flow yeah I just thought that's that's, that's what amazing I to do. that's yeah. the best bit about it so so you're going with the flow you're a rep um, you're repping this and you're repping that you're getting exclusive deals what's uh, what happened towards the end of your supplement era yeah, yeah what was yeah. the next bit.
1: So, it's funny with that deal. So... There's a lot of regulatory, there's a lot of legal issues with bringing supplements into the country to do with relabeling. I've heard, I've heard with about products. This, yeah. So I thought I had my head around it, mm. but I didn't. And when the products came through, the company that I had negotiated the deal with, they wouldn't come to the party and provide a breakdown of ingredients, which we needed to get into the country because it was a proprietary blend. So all of a sudden, my all of my money um, was like, you know, all of my money. Which, was in limbo which i got my parents to get a loan for me to get yeah yeah yeah. so this is this is the stresses of it um so i got i convinced my parents to get a loan on behalf of me so then i could bring in the products and they they were always like no no you got to make your own way you got to make your own way and i negotiated like i convinced them that they had to do this for me yeah and then that got held up in customs and it took me three months until it until we eventually it cost me a lot of money and it um it took three months until it actually got out. And by that stage I sold it off and the and the company obviously went, Oh, well, this person obviously doesn't know what they're doing. And then they then the company that I previously worked no. with, they took the deal. So at that point in time, I felt um, you know, I had these visions of what I w- was going to be. I was this next big thing. I was, I was very cocky when I was young, like very,
0: I think that's very ambitious, very overconfident.
1: Yeah. 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 I think it goes with the age too. And all of a sudden this idea of I was going to be the next big thing was completely crushed. And at that stage I lived in Sydney, you know, I was one of my best mates. We parted really hard. And over this period, I just became a shell of myself where I was in a high-paying job at the time. You know, I had a great job with a with a with a good brand and a good contract. And, you know, I was doing well. But man, we partied hard. We did a lot of drugs. We, you know, went out, we lived that, you know, rock star sort of lifestyle in Sydney. But I was always a shell of myself at that point in time. Um and um, I was in a relationship for almost five years and um, uh, I was back in Perth by this stage because that's where her family was and it's where we're going to settle down. And uh, for probably yeah, three years of that, I just wasn't the same person. Um, so and- what did
0: you do during that time? When you weren't the same person, what, what did you do for work? How did you? Yeah. yeah, so I felt so. So I had a so I had a contract with a supplement company. Um, still, yeah, still supping,
1: still supping, yeah. so still repping, still doing my thing. I did that. I, I did that for like eleven years in total. Um, so I still had a contract, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't that vision that I had for myself. So although I was earning and, you know, yeah. I was within the industry, it's not that vision that I had for myself. And, um, so yeah, I just party, I partied a lot. I think I, I probably stopped learning, you know, at that point in time. And, um, then when we broke up, like, um, uh, cause all my family's over East and her brother and his friends were my close friends. And yeah. when we broke up, everything was gone like overnight and um all it was it was just me and my dog at the time oh, no. so i dealt with that in isolation a lot and um you know i drank a lot i did a lot of drugs through that time and um i was i was on a massive bender and all of a sudden there's people over my house that i don't know i'm like you know off my face on god knows what and i just remember thinking hey man this isn't you like you know what are you doing? Like, this isn't you. Just like a voice in your head. Yeah. And I went into another room and I called up my parents and it must have been like 3am their time or 4am their time in Canberra. And I just broke down crying and I'm like, hey, I'm like, I'm I'm not in a good way. I'm off my face and right now. And how old were you then? Uh, 25, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you know, I'm off my face. I'm really not in a good spot. I need to come see you guys before I OD and um like before i do something and um so i jumped on a plane i think the next day i was sobered up jumped on a plane i think two days later and um went and caught up with them and just you know i needed to make a change in my life at that point in so time so you saw
0: them as your rehab um
1: i just needed to see my family i hadn't yeah. seen them for a long time yeah i think i just need to speak you with someone sick hard yeah i think um I was genuinely concerned that I was gonna OD and I just needed my family there. And um, so I went there, you know, saw a psychologist and it was funny because I was still in denial about drugs at that stage because I always thought it was a fun thing to do. And they were talking about being a drug addict and addiction. And I'm like, no, no, that's not me. Like I don't do it every day. I don't go crave for this stuff. It's just when I do it, it's just out of control. And um I came back and I was I actually when I was on the plane over there, I'm like, hey man, you gotta start reading some stuff again. Like you gotta start doing some stuff. Is this and, to
0: yourself again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I was reading, you know, I was reading a book on um or reading a book on my iPad on the way over. And it kept on talking about like, you know, Christianity and, you know, it was like this sales book or this personal development book, but I kept on talking about Christianity and, you know, about it being this great foundation for your life. And I never understood it because I never grew up around that. And I remember highlighting it and I'm like, "Uh, interesting. I've got to look into this. So I came back from Canberra. Um, I was, hey, I'm going to change my life. And it's funny because one of my friends had then just found out that I'd broken up with, you know, my fiance. I don't think it was on social media or anything. And um, she's like, hey, man, you're good. And I explained to her my story. I really opened up with where I was at. And um, she's like, hey, would well, you want to come um, see me, you know, come catch up? So we caught up and she just climbed Mount Everest at the time. So she was going to share that story. And then um, she said, um, hey, you ever thought of coming to church? And because I had read that book, I was like, Okay, I'll go do that. So I went, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I thought it would be like a cathedral with priests and stuff and it wasn't like that at all. I didn't know what Hillsong was at the time. So like in real modern sort of churches and, um, you know, it was like this really high energy vibe. And so I ended up being obsessive, you know, the same personalities. I ended up getting really involved um, with the church. And um, So how long
0: are you a priest for?
1: um, I actually, actually, (laughs) I'll, I'll... yeah, I'll explain I'll explain the story. Like how Did it was. Did you actually kind of become a it. priest? Uh, I went to Bible college, man. Oh wow. Yeah. So you I You are obsessive. Yeah. So I was in this super you know, I was I was um I was in this super high paying job at the time and um uh, you know, but as I was, I went through church and I got more involved and then I started yeah. doing youth leading and I made like this drastic life transformation and the youth pastor ended up becoming one of my best mates. So I have like two guys in my mm. life. One of them was the guy that just yeah. turned 40 that we spoke about. Yeah. And then the other one is the one who was a youth pastor who became like bigger brothers to me. Um, and we became really close and I started to like mentor youth and I went to Japan on these trips. And then, um, and then I was like, okay, well, I want to make a drastic change in my life. So then I ended up quitting my job, um, which the highest I'd earned was like 60 grand in a month. So like significant, (laughs) I quit that, um, to then go to Bible college. And then I pretty much spent, um, pretty much spent the next two years, um, just no pay, just helping out. Youth. Being a good little Christian boy. Yeah. And so I was kind of getting like, I guess, groomed up to be the leader within that space at I the time. It.
0: You're saying groomed
1: up. That's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> groomed
1: <But> yeah, up. <laughs> good, good speaker, good leader, yeah. Yeah. um, big, you know, strong testimony. Um Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's sort of where I was at. Now with um the lessons that I learned through then, because I was very money or success if we want to put, um, you know, uh, if you if you want to put material things into what you think success is, I was very driven that that's what success was. And when I went through this process, it really changed my thoughts on things because although I had no money, like at the time through that, I ended up like, you know, almost losing everything. I remember one time I, I had to borrow five bucks so I could go get a five pack of
0: goring noodles to eat you know what I mean and this was at around 25 26 oh this is around 27 27 it's it's, it's that age I, I noticed that might that was similar age to me is when I started to like kind of flip the switch I'm like okay I thought I knew what I was doing yeah and then I was like nah I don't Yes. What the fuck do I do now? And it's like, I never went to Bible school or anything like that. Uh, I started reading a little bit more and listening to a few things and, and, and yeah, like I, I have a, a fairly similar sort of story as well, but um, for yourself, how did you go from um, Bible college or school to the next thing? What happened? What happened from that? Cause you learnt you learned that money isn't everything. And did you change your definition of success then, or did you just go with the flow again.
1: No. So I think that like what I learned is, although I had nothing materially, uh, helping out like youth and kids and like, you know, there was kids in DCP and people that just didn't get an upbringing like I did. It was, I, I, even though I didn't have the material stuff, I was still happy and I felt fulfilled.
0: So you found something more fulfilling in helping
1: others. Yes. Okay. And so that's, that's probably the key that came out of it. So the change from that and then going from extremes. So, when I turned thirty, I didn't know where I was at. Yeah. Like, you know, I had to make a decision, and um, I went, I, I, I went to Fiji with my family for my thirtieth birthday. So I had two weeks to really kind of sit and, you know. I guess, grasp, get a self-awareness of where I was and where I was going. And I love the fitness industry. I was, you know, that's where I was successful. It was my favorite jobs of all time. and I Always coming back. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's that's what you do. Like, that's where you need to put your energies. And it was on that trip that I I turned 30 and I came back a distinctively different person that I had this self-awareness. I knew what I was going. I knew that my life would be dedicated to the fitness industry. And I put all my efforts into, into that. And then not long after that, that's when, you know, as a rep, I had a massive network of people and I'd been in the game for so long. Um, and I just wanted to showcase all the cool stuff that people got to see, or sorry, that I got to see that people didn't know about it. It's like, if you're into CrossFit, you don't know about what happens in the rest of the industry. You think that the fitness industry is CrossFit and same thing with bodybuilding, same thing with powerlifting, same thing with jungle body, all of these things. They all work like that, they're little communities. But when you delve into them, there's literally thousands of people, tens of thousands of people involved with every niche and there's politics, there's personalities, there's culture, there's apparel, oh, yeah. there's ways of doing stuff and I just wanted to open that up so people got to see all the cool stuff that I got to see and so that's where Perth FitFam came. It was a way to connect the Perth fitness industry and that was the platform that really skyrocketed me into the the face of the fitness industry.
0: The story of FitFam coming up next... Apologies for interrupting the podcast. If you're here from the 27th minute onwards, you're about to hear Brendan McCormack's story of Fitify and how it's going and where it's going to go next. Uh, the first 27 minutes is us talking about his life and how he got to be where he is now. So the whole podcast is definitely worth a listen. But uh, if you know his story, you're starting from halfway. And thank you for tuning in. As for everybody else, thanks for staying and uh, this long. I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. As always, please leave a review on the iTunes podcast and under The Life of Sev and uh, looking forward to hearing from you. If you want to be on the show, email me, DM me on sevspicks at gmail.com. I look forward to it. Good thanks. All right, we're on back, back on, on The Sev Show. Thanks for sticking by. We've got Brendan McCormack here with us. He is, is... yes? Oh, yeah, you're on the bottom. Yeah, I'm on, I'm the on the top yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. I was like, Which, is that thing moving? Yeah, we're actually we're actually in bed right now and he's laying on <laughs> top of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I should be careful with how I word things.
0: Yeah, he has to be on top, otherwise he won't breathe. I'm too 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 massive. <laughs> Uh, just for the people as well that are listening on the podcast, um, there is a video version that will come out eventually on YouTube when I figure out how to do it all. Uh, Brendan's wearing a shirt called that says bald on it, bald, yep. and he doesn't have that much hair on him. He's not completely bald. I feel like I should have a shirt saying how tall I am. But uh, um, before we get into the fitness Perth Fit Fam thing, can you explain why you're wearing a bald shirt again?
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's a brand called Bald Co. And the guy who owns it, he's a professional rugby player and his partner um, was a former Bumble um, employee and I was catching up with her. So I wanted to make sure, number one, I like to support small brands. Love it. But I wanted to make sure that I was able to build rapport in the meeting and that I had purchased one of her partner's products and it just seemed like... I was obligated. It was a w-
0: tactical move.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt obligated I to wear a shirt that, which says "ball." That's like my Gary Vee shoes um, that yeah. we've spoken about. Absolutely. So, I, um, and we spoke about, so I, same as you, I used to get into Gary Vee heaps. I think his stuff is great. I don't listen to it. Um, you know, I listen to other things. You move on. But as a young, uh, not that young, as an entrepreneur, <laughs> I felt obliged that I needed to buy yeah, yeah, a pair yeah. of Gary Vee sure. shoes. For
0: sure. Yeah. For sure. And he, he sold K Swiss as well. That was like a, a big exit figure, too. So good on him.
1: Did he have shares yeah. in K
0: Swiss? Oh, he got, he got, a, did a collab. And it was all, it was all, from my understanding, it was all um, to help them sell, sell it off. There you go. And through the collaboration. And that's what he did. So nice. And that's, that's what I learned. through like, people say, oh my God, he did a, a shoe deal. I'm like, what's behind that though? What's the deep, 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 He's not there to make money. He doesn't give a shit about selling heaps of shoes. Mm. I mean, selling something with his name on it is cool. Yes. But it's something deeper and it was to sell them. There you go. That so makes sense. Nice work, with... Gary Vee. <laughs> I think so. I hope I, hope I, I got that right. But um, but yeah, so Perth FitFam, um, I remember seeing Perth FitFam come up on my radar just as a hashtag because I was researching what hashtags to use. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Perth FitFam. Cool. What the hell? <laughs> Sweet, cool. And then, um, and then Perfect Fam came along and started liking my photos and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I've got a little bit of a, I guess I'm cool. I'm good enough, or whatever that meant. Um, but that, uh, when I, at that stage, I was like, um, you know, followers, likes, all that shit. Yes. And then um, that took a three to four years to get out of. That, yes. that that toxic thought process of you need heaps of followers and lots of likes to validate. Your success in whatever you're doing on social media, and then once I detached myself from that, yeah, it was like sweet. I can do whatever I want. But I'd also learned that Perth Fit Fam and other kind of community-based hashtags were important to build, mm. and then I built my own um, that I did for a little while. And like you, obsessive. I was like, this is all in. Started doing tours around Perth last year to do photos. Yep. That's how I built my network of photographers. Some of them are like my best mates today, and we do a lot of collaborations and work together. One of them is my second photographer for weddings. Okay. And the hashtag was Sev's Tours. And It yes. might come back up but <laughs> t- tell me about your Perth Fit Fam and the, the 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 day that you started it.
1: Okay, so I didn't start Perth Fit Fam. So Perth Fit fam, someone else. I still don't know to this day. <laughs> they're
0: probably salty as
1: fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody else actually had the hashtag and it was just a non-branded. When I mean, you
0: don't own it. You don't own
1: it. Yeah, oh sorry, You had the handle. So you oh. don't own the hashtag, but yeah. they just they just had the handle Perth yeah. Fit Fam and it was non-branded. They'll just occasionally do reshares and and I and as soon as i saw it you seen the founder the the mcdonald's movie yeah yeah yeah. so you know like he says as soon as he saw mcdonald's he knew he had to have it straight away as soon as i saw it i went that is literally the best handle that you could have within the perth fitness scene because it, it wasn't just Perth fitness it was perth and then it was like the into fitness lingo fit fam which everyone was saying fit fam at the time and i'm like i could do something with that so anyway a few months passed. They've given me a couple of reshares and then one day they just said, um, hey, it was just a black post with white text and it just said over.' And then in the description it just said, hey, we're uni students, don't have time to administrate the page. If somebody wants it, yell out. So I jumped in the DM straight away and I'm like, let them know who I was. Obviously, you know, they would have known because they've shared some stories. Let them know who I was. Um, you know, I'd love to take over it happy to pay you for it and they're like no no don't worry about it here's the email address here's the passwords it's all yours so i was like holy shit log in change the passwords change the emails register the business name the snapchat the facebook um literally everything um the trademark literally everything i think within 25 minutes i had and then from there i was like man i can't believe it i've actually got the account that i wanted yes so it was still in its real early days at that point in time what, what year um, about, um maybe 2015 oh wow yeah. 2015 yeah probably to, um from memory 2015 yeah, yeah. um and what I did I didn't know anything about Instagram at this point in time right all I did and this is by sheer coincidences or like as far as what people might teach now is um I didn't live with my partner back then I didn't live with my um well now my wife back then so I had time and I reckon for four <laughs> hours a day or more yeah. I literally just sat there. Um, engaging, commenting, That's going through Perth, yep.
0: That strategy still works today. Literally, it's, literally.
1: It, you know what, bots came about, right? But like yep. there was cheats, like there was bots, there was shortcuts, not there was organic. ways of doing stuff. No. Not genuine. This was it, I literally sat there, I went through all the local gyms, I would follow them, i would comment on their stuff, I'd like their stuff, all the supplement stores, all the people that followed it, I'll just go through Perth and different locations. I'm not kidding 4 hours a day to build that up. That's the dollar 80 strategy. Yes. Yeah, literally back then no idea, had I'd never read a Gary Vee thing, didn't yeah. even know who, the, who yeah. the dude
0: was. That's that's when I realized like before I started listening to him yeah. last year. I was doing shit. He's already preaching. I just didn't know if that were if, like, I didn't believe in myself. Yes, he was the unlock. Yeah, he didn't get. He didn't instigate me to to do anything. It was the unlock to for the confidence to be like, no, you're actually on the right track. Mm. You just need to keep going. Yes, you need to keep going. You're on the right track. Yeah. So what what did that feel like for you? When what what happened then after all these four hours and and how for how long did you do that for? Bro, it was so rapid, man. For
1: me, I swear I was growing like 250 people a day at that point time which I because I know you've got 220 in TikTok so that's like peanuts compared to what you would have grown on there. 252. 252. Okay, cool. Oh two so 252000 no. There you go. <laughs> I was like 252 a day. And I'm like, dude, that's still an eternity to build. Yeah. Um
0: I, I was at I was one at one point I was at a thousand a day. Oh wow. For like a period of a couple of weeks. That's when yeah. I went super viral. But TikTok numbers are very different to Instagram numbers. So I've heard yeah. 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 Um so
1: I just kept on plugging into it and then all of a sudden this and I would just do reshares every yeah. day. All I knew is that I would go find a great piece of content and I would reshare and credit that person's content. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this Perth Fit Fam hashtag went from, you know, just being a little thing to all of a sudden it became part of the culture and everyone knew about this Perth Fit Fam page. And the growth of it was so insane. So within a few months, I think I got to like 13, I just wanted 10,000. I ate 10. That and I was K, like, that yeah. magical K. And then it's like, Oh, actually, there wasn't stories back then, so you didn't get swipe ups. But um, I was like, I oh, am done it, and then I was thirteen thousand, and at that point in time. I knew I wanted to create like a vlog or a video series. Perfect. Showcasing the per fitness scene. So, um, you know, I had a partner, business partner at the time and then, uh, you know, he did production. And so it was like, Hey man, well, why don't you do the videos and I'll do the front end stuff. So then, you know, we started to create these perfect fit fam TV video series yes. where I was going to be the face of this thing. And, you know, I um, would go around, we'd go to events, we'd go to gyms and we would just showcase all the cool stuff that happened within the per fitness scene. So then that kind of took it to a next level. And then all, a sudden Facebook started to grow as well and then people started to pay us so I didn't even know about brand deals but then people were like hey man can you do a video on us so then we started like getting paid to be able to do it that's how you do it or we got paid to be able to
0: post for the audience though um how long did it take obviously everyone needs to remember patience you know people will have different um rates of success yeah how long did it take you before your first uh, payment offered three videos three videos it went viral it. the first one Wow! Yep. And what was your first one?
1: Uh, first one was a powerlifting comp at Ruchi's gym. The next one we did for free, which was um, uh, the physique code. So they've got a gym now.
0: So the first video, three videos were free. Yep, that's that's pretty much the lesson that I really wanted to give my audience. Here. Yeah, because because that's the the it, it, the conversation I want to steer towards. That that give value for nothing, expect nothing in return. If you enjoy it, it'll happen for you anyway, yep. eventually. So that patience. So but, but with patience, I got to make that
1: clear is I spent six months building a platform with a big audience. So then people wanted distribution through that platform. So it wasn't just the first three videos. Yeah. It was like four to six months of four hours a day that I had a platform Did that you people even have wanted a to plan. Be on. To do this? Uh yeah, I always had a vision for it as far as doing content and stuff. And this is before like there was content creators per se. Um, like not like there is now yeah. people are so good now man. Um And there's things that I definitely would have done differently. But I always just wanted to... I never had a business plan. I never had a revenue model um, in mind. So, if I had my time again and and I said this and, you know, I look at Fitify and what I've been able to do with it so rapidly because I take content creation out of it because I'm not a content creator. Um, I'm an entrepreneur like through and through. You're a
0: manifester.
1: Yeah. it's how my mind, Like you said that you're a problem solver. You're a math teacher. Somebody yeah. said to me not that long ago, you know, within six months, they said to me, you're, you're a problem solver. Yeah. And I discovered this and that's how my mind works. I consistently look at the industry that I have been in for yeah. half of my life or all of my adult life and I can look at, holes, I can see opportunities and I'm consistently yeah. going, how do I solve that? That's
0: entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah. To it to a T. Yeah. So all I wanted to do was create a platform to be able to connect the per fitness scene. It was always connecting the per fitness scene. That was it. But I never had a I, I never had the startup business skills um to be able to think of okay, what's the revenue model? What's the scalability? How are we going to do this? You know um, what's the actual model? It was just content. You
0: don't have experience in that.
1: No, I didn't. And not, and and learning so much and becoming part of that startup ecosystem and then all the books that you read and the trial and error that you do, I, it's literally a science. It's it's not an art. It's a science to, to go through it. It is absolutely
0: a science. And Fitify from
1: when the idea came about to – Getting doing going through a customer discovery to showing proof of concept with a minimal viable product to then showing traction to then building the team to then getting a five hundred K investment, yeah, bro. I wish I knew that stuff back when I started per Fit Fam because it would have been a completely different platform.
0: Oh, uh, so with that, um, I wish I knew the stuff I knew now for when I started personal training because I would have killed it. Yeah, me and you would have probably connected a lot earlier. Hundred percent, you know. So you know, it is what it is. And I took it as a learning curve. You needed to go through and be and hustle protein powder. You need to go through Bible school to read, to, to wake yourself Work up. Work out. It's
1: not a, just about money. Exactly.
0: It's a whole story. Everything happens for a reason. And now you're here. You've done the Perth Fit Fam thing. Um, and why did, you, why did you sell it off? Yeah, good question. So um,
1: I got to a point, like I said, looking i i loved perfect fam right and it yeah. gave me so much opportunity it l- allowed me to shoot with arnold schwarzenegger That's awesome. it allowed me to commentate awesome. the crossfit games like i've had so many opportunities It's allowed me to connect with the top people in the industry
0: in the world yeah in the world yeah. yeah
1: and um and it was i never gave myself credit for it back then because it was just i just created it i, I saw behind the magician's curtains but it's funny because when i compare it to other publishing platforms Man, it was the platform, like as far as I wish that I monetized it better, understanding how targeted it was. Um, So anyway, why did I sell it off? So... Fitify came out, and started gaining some tractions. Oh, actually, I better before Fitify. Yeah, social media courses. So me and my wife, we had built this. Well, I built this great community, and we were like, "Hey, we really need to convert this into something." And I put it out there to the market. Hey, what's the one thing you guys want to know from me? And everyone was social media. We just want to know how to do social media or fitness businesses. And whenever I'd go speak, um, I'd always open up for Q and A. The number one question was always. Um, what's your advice for social media? So we were like, I, I never wanted to be that social media dude. Um, and I still don't, I consider myself an entrepreneur, not a social media person. And um, so we were like, okay, let's create social media courses. So we went through a coaching course. Um, there was 96 people in the course. We had to develop a social media course, which was a minimum viable product. It was $47 and we had to sell it on a webinar. So um yeah, I was balls deep in a 24-hour obstacle course race on the other side of the country. I was so banged up and injured. I had to fly back over, set up a webinar, create the, the course, and then get enough people in to sell it. So that night, we sold more courses than 96 other people that were within the program around the world. And I was like oh, okay, I guess that's what people want to know from me. So then that minimum viable product turned into a higher end sort of course where we go through a lot more details. It's a lot more mentoring. um, And then people signed up to that. And then people just kept on signing up to it. So all of a sudden I had this platform where we weren't really sure how we're gonna generate revenue or sustainable revenue from it. I tried different things, but then we had these social media courses which became a key revenue driver for me and my wife. Like we never needed to worry anymore. And um, so we were like, okay, we need to put effort into this. So from then, fitify came out or fitfam finder at the time and then fitfam finder yeah it became <laughs> fitify and then this whole thing of like gaining traction having the bumble team former former employees from tinder and spotify and
0: developers so that i work with what come- was sorry what was the day one of the the initial idea of fitify
1: okay cool so having perfect fam and again everything has stemmed from that platform right so having perfect fam and having the community and being really engaged with stories and being known in the market i was i was always doing like Q and things. And my wife is from the fitness industry. And so I was always asked for things like what's your advice for meeting other fit people, but not on Tinder and Bumble? And like you, um, you like to keep stuff humorous. I used to be a lot more humorous online than what I am now. I think my tone's probably changed a bit. Getting older. yeah, um, Getting older and, and being more <laughs> like, I reason. guess that, or, I don't know. It's, I've got, it's, You've th- got
0: a lot more on your plate.
1: Yes. Yeah. But I used to be solely humor. I, yeah. d- I just liked being funny. And so I'd always give funny answers. And then there was one time in a Q&A, um, one of our followers, who's one of my friends, um, actually asked... Um, actually said, I need help to find a date for a work party. Can you help me out? And I was like, yeah, I know the guy. So I tagged her and I tagged him in.
0: Ah, yeah. you're, the, you're the whisperer. I you're the Cupid. <laughs>
1: and I'm like, you guys go meet, let me know how it goes. And that post went absolutely nuts. Like usually for me, I'm an insights person and I'm sure that you are too. And in my stories, if I tag someone, usually they get about 200 to 300 click-throughs. That post got 2000 click-throughs, which for me is big. not wait for
0: this podcast to go viral, boys. (laughs) Yeah,
1: got 2000 click-throughs and um, I just got bombarded with messages going, hey man, that's awesome. Can you help me out too? And I was like, holy shit, this is actually a problem. Like, Active people want to date, fit people want to date other fit people. You found
0: a a problem. I love that. Yeah, they
1: have a poor experience on current dating apps and there's nothing out there which helps them do that. So
0: fit people. Now, this is a question that I was tossing up in the air all week to ask you and feel free to pass it if you want. Yes. The potential kickback, the, the potential flack from the people that don't feel that you're including them in this fitness app uh, fitness dating app um how are you gonna how do you see that going
1: yeah for sure so that's you know actually know I mean?
0: yeah yeah yeah. so that's that's actually the number one thing that we get
1: hit up with yeah with um so fitness comes in various shapes and sizes and yep. forms right so you know you can go to the gym you can be a crossfitter you can you know powerlifter you can run cyclists you know whatever that is yoga, Pilates, yeah. it's not just about abs and tan and influences and that sort of lifestyle, not at all. It's about people who genuinely value fit and active lifestyles and they generally want to meet a partner that they can share that lifestyle with yeah. because it's very hard to have a compatibility if you don't do that. Same thing with religion, right? There's a dating app called Muzmatch, which is a dating app solely for Muslims. There's a dating app called JDate, which Muzz is- Muzzmatch. Muzmatch.
0: Kills it, bro. Kills it. I'm just like I'm just thinking the like muzzing. <laughs> That's actually what I thought. Oh, when please don't saw cancel it. me. Yeah. I've got I've got a few Muslim friends and and you know shout outs to you guys. I just like muzz. Fair enough. But same concept is yeah. it creates a platform where you can find like-minded people.
1: So we've got a lot of PR recently. Yeah. We've been in Daily Mail. We've Great. been in you know, Global International. That. Yeah. Amazing, right? Um, most of the comment, like most people love it, but there's always someone who's like, oh, you know, this is an app for arrogant people or whatever. Yeah.
0: They're not the market. They're not the market. It's easy, but but they're still going to complain because they feel like they're missing out. Even though what yeah. you explained to me, and I knew that that that's your was going to be your answer. Um, you know, everyone's involved. Everyone's at different levels of health. It's just a matter of oh, if 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 you put yourself in a lower uh, like tier, then you're going to match with lower tier people. And if lower tier people aren't for you, do something about it. You know, yeah. so, um, but with that, like when I first heard about Fitify, I was like, that's brilliant. That's so good. And in my head, I was like, that's going to work so well. And then in my, my other side, the the problem solving, like devil's advocate, I was like, oh man, this guy's going to get so much shit. And then when I read about the description of how, how to do it, I was like, okay, he's got that covered. Yeah. Do you see any other potential kind of challenges or what, what what's another big challenge? For sure. Is.
1: For sure. So as far as like to the general public. Yeah. For sure. So first biggest challenge is not having a representation that it's an app exclusively for elite high level fit people or or I I need to be too fit to be on there. That's, That's the first challenge. Second challenge is the filtering process. So, um, how do you how do you know that there's fit people that are gonna, that are going to be like on a, there you're
0: going to coin a new term so you, you know you got the t- the term catfishing yes where it's like completely not who it is there's going to be like a different sort of term coming out fit of this fishing. fit fishing <laughs> yeah so that
1: comes down to a natural self selection and i explained this at the start so people who hear about the app or who's been targeted they're yeah. probably targeted because they're into health and fitness number 1 number 2 those Karen's, I said the people that are making those comments yeah, on the groups and they're like, oh, this is an app for arrogant people. For sure, for sure. Don't be on the app because that's the natural self selection. Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be apps suited for you. It's like we're very much in healthy dating. So my wife and I, we, like, we had a very conservative approach to our relationship. It wasn't, you know, it was quite a long drawn out dating process. And to be honest, it wasn't even romantically like um, motivated when we first started catching up. You we just were,
0: forced her. We were,
1: yeah, I, I convinced her after a long time. <laughs> and we were each other's competition, and she was yeah. just a great rep. And we just caught up as friends over a long period. But we. Were able to create a really good foundation of friendship before we actually were even anything through, romantic
0: through the industry, through the yeah. industry,
1: through just That's regularly it. catching up on like little coffee dates yeah. and stuff. And so, we were able to establish that we would be compatible before we were even into yeah. it. And so, the hookup side of dating apps is what we're going up against as well. And we're very much, you know, healthy dating, you know, yeah. people that are here, and to- it's not
0: even necessarily dating.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. right. There's a lot of people that use it just to find friends, like-minded yeah.
0: people. I'm only here for friends, guys. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and so we're
1: like, okay, that's features that we'll put in in the future because people have hit us up. They're like, hey, I'm not really looking to date, but I just want to yeah. meet like-minded people. Can I use it? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so if people want to utilize a hookup app, it's probably not the app for them. It's probably not the community for them. And there's definitely yeah. other, other apps there as well. Um, so, yeah, it came down to solving a problem, essentially. And, and, and I think I said at the start, um, or I say it all the time at least, I never woke up one day and said, or I have never planned for years, oh, it'd be so good to be the founder of a dating app. You know what I mean? It was literally I have a skill set as an entrepreneur, yeah. I'm really passionate about yeah. it. Not only the industry, I'm passionate about people getting to experience what I experience within the relationships. And that problem just got came to me and I went, man, I need to solve that problem.
0: Yeah, no, well, that's it. That's it. And if you know how to do it or, or you have some ideas, why not give it a go? Like I my, my thing was five, three, even three years ago, I was like, I don't want to do wedding photography. And then I got into it and I was like, Oh man, I had an experience. I'm not going to go too into detail because I don't want to shit on this person, but <laughs> they just didn't really hit the mark well with the with the day. And I was there as a second shooter, and I was like, I can do better. I know I can do better. And like, and then I started to to do it mm. and to see if I can do better. It's subjective, but I felt that I started winning with myself, and then um, people started liking it. People started seeing that I was different. They're like, your photos are great. Hmm. but your character makes it even better because you're not just a photographer who's just going, yeah, can you do this? Can you do this? You're not just some pencil. Hmm. You're, you know, you're charismatic and you you make the mood so good. Yes. And, and that, that's across not just wedding photos. Like I, I hear my um, clients that I've shot um, for personal training shoots, they were like, you make that so much easier because, you you know, it's funny. Yes. It's a fun it's a fun time and that's what I look for. I look for smiles. People want those serious photos. I'm like, no. What are you trying to advertise? Are you trying to advertise like some sort of sour lemon drop or something? Yep. It's like you're a personal trainer and you want to attract clients. Do you want to look upset or do you want to look like you're having a good time, thus attracting people that want to have a good time too? Yeah. And that's probably, pretty much the same pitch I would say to Fitify. Yeah. People having a good time together. Hey, if I see a picture of people having a good time together, I'd instantly look for any caption, like why are they having a good time and why am I not in that picture? Yeah. That's it. It's funny that like I'll I'll confirm what
1: you said. So with the, cause we did a lot of video shoots and stuff with Perfect Fam. And one thing that I explained or I was very big on is you're not just shooting a video, you're providing an experience. For a lot of these people being in front of camera or getting something done, it's such a big thing and they're so proud of it. I coach so
0: many people like saying, okay, try that a little bit more enthusiastically or see if you can can smile a little bit more or, or just even turn off the cameras and have a conversation with them first to just get them in the mood. Yes. And then at the end, I was like, what was that like? And they normally say, man, after you just gave me that little pep talk, I was so much more confident. I was so nervous. And then I was like, it's no big deal at all. Yeah. That's the value. Yes. Not just the record, edit, deliver. It's it's coach, analyze, problem solve. And then do all the rest. Make so, people feel good, hey. Yeah, make people feel good. So what do you see on the horizons with Fitify in the next 12 months? Obviously, COVID sucks. Um, I don't want to talk too much about COVID because it's been over-talked about. <laughs> um, that would have crippled you a little bit because- Negative. Can't,
1: no. Negative. Really? No. Okay. So I'm an opportunist, right? Okay. Or, I sorry, that. opportunist is probably a bad word. Yeah. I'll probably say problem solving. I yes. look at the opportunities in things. When COVID came- um, I went off social media for a week because there was so much negativity. I started having like panic and anxiety attacks and I just spent a week to get my head around what was about to come. And I hate to say this, but as a thought leader in the industry to put something out there to people, which would be of value. And it's funny because I waited a week and then I finally posted it and it was basically this long form post to fitness business owners. Hey, if you don't have a contingency plan in place right now, you're about to go into lockdown.
0: I saw that for the wedding industry, photography as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's
1: like, guys, you can't kid yourselves. You're about to go into lockdown. It is what it is. If you don't have a contingency plan right now, you're already too far behind. This is the steps that you should take right now. And it's funny, I posted that. And then 15 minutes later, they announced that there was going to go into lockdown. And so- Messiah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brando. Yeah, I felt, I felt real prophetic. I wish I did it a week before, so I gave people some time. But um, I pretty much spent, uh, well, when, when I knew it was going to happen, I told my wife, I'm going to put myself into lockdown um, a few days early before they even announced it. Because I said, this is going to come about. I just want to be on the front foot with it. And what I said to her was, my goals is- Um, I'm going to be better off physically than when we went into this. So I'm going to train every day from home and I'm going to be better off financially. So whatever pivot that means, I'm going to make sure that I maximize this time to be better off. Funny enough, Went in, trained every day, got in better shape. We pivoted the business, so then the fitness businesses that were closed down, but they still had you know revenues or income, but they had time. We were yeah. like, okay, we'll do a COVID special. We'll take you That's guys great. through and take you yeah. guys through where it's at. I'm um, saying that I spent two weeks literally for free just on Zoom calls with business owners that were freaked out, just to give them guidance
0: and help about how to get through it. And how's that helped you? Benefited you now? Just fulfillment? Yeah. I think so. That's it. That's I,
1: don't, I don't know if any of them actually became clients, but I think that was it. It was yeah. just, hey, I, I have a good yeah. understanding about what's going on and how yeah. to get around, uh, how to Absolutely. improve on this. These are the things that you need to get in line.
0: Yeah. I had a little side story for that um, before COVID hit. I was wrapping up, this used to be a PT studio and I said, okay, I don't want to do it anymore because I set up a little deal with my uh, friend who owns um, his gym. Shout out to uh, Corey Green and Athletic Institute.
1: Oh, Corey's a good dude. He's a great
0: dude. Um, I do content for him in exchange for um, membership and all that and to train my one client. So I was like, all right, sweet, just up the road. I'm going to sell this off. No one was buying anything covid hit it was like a fire <laughs> sale i had three people message me within 10 seconds of posting up like a set of dumbbells i had one lady so desperate she was like I- i'll give you 50 extra dollars and i'll come right now i'm was like, i sorry but the other lady's already on the way yes <laughs> People was yes. so desperate people went nuts man, for it, man. and came up cleared out of gym shit it was amazing everything um
1: Going back to the finance side yeah. of it, so Fitify, because we had just launched the the prototype app at that yeah. point in time. And I sat down with the team and we said, okay, let's look at the opportunities here. Number one, people are going to be online more. Um, and so people are going to be course. using their phones. So let's promote digital dating. So we did. And then the other thing was advertisers within our space aren't going to be advertising as much, which means yeah. that the cost per acquisition is going to go down. They did. So we invested in Facebook ads and we built up our Perth um, acquisition. So it was actually
0: the best timing for your app. Secretly it was,
1: but to top it off, so we were negotiating with the former Bumble team to become part of our team at that point in time. And we were getting ready to book flights to London, which is where they're based um, because it's a deal that size. It's what would have been expected. Yeah. And as soon as COVID hit, it became expected that everything was to be done via Zoom. We couldn't do anything about it. Lockdowns were on; like we couldn't do anything. Save money. Yeah, literally save money. Same time, Every, this whole business from all of our team has been negotiated through Zoom. To top it off, um, once the Bumble announcement finally came through, which took a few months till all of the legals, or well, took maybe two three months till all of the legals were done, um, and then we could actually announce it. We raised half a million investment in a local startup community during COVID, which is completely unheard of. Like, that was really the story is holy shit. How did these guys build an app, launch it just before lockdown, and then build that much traction through lockdown when everything's shut down? What did did you
0: feel? What did you feel when you saw that number, half a million invested? um,
1: What did I feel? I think that every milestone within startups, there's there's your milestones. Number one, there's getting a problem solution for it and there's showcasing that you have something. Yeah. That's the first little, oh, cool. We've got something here. Number two is you start to build some traction and then it's like, oh, this is going to work. But then when you get your first seed funding, because every goal in startup community is, oh, I just got funded. Like I just got seeded. That's just like the step of, holy fuck, this has got some traction, but people are willing to invest this now, so it actually became you can't fuck this up.
0: That and, became my mentality, and that's and that's scary. That scares the shit out of me. But actually, actually it's it's like motivating at the same time. Yeah, because there's a bit of pressure. It's the pressure you motivation know, accountability. For me. Now it's like okay, we've invested in you. Show us what you got. Yeah. So you, okay, you see the, these people have invested in you, and uh, now it's like. Uh, You haven't gone global yet, no. Um, So what's what's going to happen in the next, let's say, by the end of the year? So the past.
1: So what's a bizarre thing with this is, you know, we work from this every day, so I see everything. I've seen it from literally the the thought, the conception of it, and last week was massive because we've been working with the PR team, we've been working with this balling team in the back end for ages. But all of a sudden, when all the media releases start to go out and you see yourself in the Daily Mail and all these all these big organizations and my days now are just filled up with media um, appearances. Thank and, you for your time, by yes. the way. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, all of a sudden, it was, it was so surreal to see your idea, literally a thought that you had. You're kind of like beside yourself. You're pinching uh, yeah. yourself. Yeah. I was just driving because I didn't know that it was going to be published there. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this, is, this was your vision, like as far as this is what you saw and it's actually happening. And then what happened when that went out is everyone who's been following me and it's been gaining traction and momentum and it's been doing bigger and bigger and the Bumble announcement and the investment and now Daily Mail. All of a sudden, all of these players within the industry are starting to knock on my door because now they believe in it.
0: And then you're getting even more sponsorship potentially. Yeah, yeah it's just it.
1: partnerships. So all the things where before it were like, oh yeah, yeah. just another startup. Now it's like, Oh, these guys are going to do it. These guys it are and, legit. And I want to be a part
0: of that. Yeah, for sure. They, they want to jump on board while I still maybe can. Yeah. Like a like an angel investment round or something.
1: Oh, already done, man. That's I've been hit up with that many times. It's just like, uh, you're about three months too late. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're about three months too late. But just having the really key players. And you know what? Like you reached out to me. Um, you didn't want anything. Like it was literally, you sent me a really nice message. And we ended up linking up. And you didn't expect anything out of it Um my,
0: I didn't even expect you to uh, respond because yeah. I saw Matt, Um, I think it's Chaos, Matt Chaos. Oh, yeah, yeah, Matt King, yeah. Yeah, Matt King. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah Matt Chaos is Matt his Chaos, handle. Matt Chaos, yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I did a shoot with him. I did a Sevs tour. Remember I told you about uh, Sevs yeah, tour? Yeah. He was on one of the first tours where I did models, introduced models. Okay, yeah. That's how I know him. Yeah. And then I saw him, he posted about it. And I was like, oh, sick. He's a, one of the models for Fitify. Yeah, best performing like, model, by the way. Yeah, oh, mate, he's he's yeah. a good looking dude. And he and, and yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool, Fitify. We I heard Fitify. From oh, didn't isn't that that Brandon McCormack guy who sold Perth FitFam? And then I was like, Oh, yeah, that's sick, that's good, good for him, yes. good for him. And then, and then I went on to your profile, and I was like, Oh did I message him last year about something? <laughs> I went into the DM and I was like, oh yeah, I did.
1: That's I so... didn't even see the message. You must no, have like- must I think have... I went into my others. It must have because I looked at it and I go, oh, how rude of me. <laughs> um, so I've, I've lived my life like that for 17 years, right? Where yeah. everything that I did, I just wanted to provide value, make people yeah. feel good. And I never really asked for anything in return. I just dished out so much value. So all of these people that yeah. I've done that for over the years- now it's
0: all starting to come back. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like you're talking about being beside yourself when this, you know, conception of this idea has come to fruition and and all this media and, and everything is happening. You're just like, oh, shit. And then when I started learning about giving value or just being a nice person yeah. without giving, without expecting anything, without wanting anything, I was like, oh, I kind of can see how that works. But when you've done it. Yes. I've been doing it for a year now. It's come back tenfold. 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 Like, I I, I call it charity. Yes. Like charity, because giving your time is the most valuable thing. More than money. Yes. Because you can't get time back. Yes. That's it. It's gone. Yes. It's your life. Like, you coming out two hours of your day- of your life is massive. is a big deal. Yeah. But people aren't aware it. they don't have that perspective of how important that is.
1: Man, it's so much, you know what, even down to the point. So, and I mentioned it off camera is I don't take payments for brand deals anymore. If I literally like number one, I always try to share my friend's stuff and I buy their stuff yeah. and I don't tell them because I don't want them to give me discounts yeah. because- You want to support them. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So my, I
0: my thing I want to do next year is, and everyone listening, hear me out, um, is I want to wear merch only. Yeah. Friends merch, someone yep. that's over, over East. We're doing a few little swap merch, um, things. Cause I've got my own like photography thing. It says good. Thanks on the front. Oh yeah. You may yeah. Have yeah, seen yeah. It. Yep. Um, that's fun. Yes. But yeah, next year, no brands, no like popular brands. Like I've got my Nike shoes. I'm a massive shoe head. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, my shirts, I just want friend shirts. Yep. So yeah. but It, it just help, it just helps out. And when you do that, when you're sewing into other people,
1: yeah. because I know what I went through and everyone would always want something for free. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to put out that vibe. And I, I want to support these people. So even, yeah, products or whatever yeah. at the moment, I will post and talk about something after I've paid for it because I know that that's going to come back to me as well, like like in a good way. I think that it creates for me a healthy ecosystem. Yeah. And I can, not not that other people need to do this, down to the point that a lot of like models or things, you know, would, a lot of people would do stuff for free, I guess, I like to pay people because I also know that if I pay them, then I will They're also. They're going to work harder. Yeah, and, well. I, and, I, and and I will always be seen positive for them. Yeah. like years later, they will know that I paid that I
0: paid fast. Um, and it oh, will, paying fast is like my, bro, one of my massive things: punctuality and. Paying fast. Yes. It's like, oh, you want a refund? Here you go. They're like, oh, shit, that was quick. Yes. Yeah. Straight off the bat. Straight up. Just like just like, get it done because it
1: always comes back to you. So I always try and like
0: it, I don't it, know, just you keep you a positive You close that flow. loop. You close that loop.
1: Yeah. So I never answered your question, which is, I guess, what we can finish off with. Yeah. Um, the perfect fam sale. So I loved that brand, right? And the issue with me, I guess that problem of entrepreneur mentality is I, it's easy for me to get distracted by shiny objects. So if I see something, it's very easy for me to go, oh, I can go and do something with that. And all of a sudden we had social media courses, which are doing great. We have um, Fitify, which for me will be, I assume my legacy of what, you know, what I, I will be not most well known as. Um, And then I had Perth FitFam and I I always thought, said, hey, man, now that I know what I know, I would have done that differently and I know how I would do that now to optimize that business and create the most community impact. And I started to develop the website to be able to do that as a publishing company because I had a database, man. Once I realized how strong it was, I went, oh, there's a lot of value to this. Just focus on that. And I sat there and I started... um, started to develop the website. And by that stage, we knew the investment was coming in. We knew this stuff was happening. You know, I'm married where, you know, we're getting ready to have kids, like all this stuff. And developing something is quite stressful. Like it's a bit of work. And I thought, what are you doing, man? You've just been entrusted with, you know, with half a mil to go create something amazing. You kind of can't
0: help yourself, eh?
1: Yeah, but it's discipline as well. It and is. I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I just say no to yourself. Yeah, correct. And that's what I had to do. And I went, am I really going to be able, to... am I really going to spend my time yeah. at local comps? Like you're not that person anymore. And Could you delegate it? Uh, I looked at that, but it's the decision fatigue that concerned me because every hour or every day that I spend thinking about that, I'm not thinking about the solutions for Fitify, which is where my energy
0: needs to be. That's my current problem too. Decision the, fatigue, decision, bro, it's huge. Decision fatigue is huge. And yeah. like entrusting someone to make the decisions for you. Yeah. It's like you're still at the end of the day, the one that, that gives the green light. You need to. you know. But and if you train someone to, to give you options and say, all right, we're going to do this, 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 or this, which one? If it's as simple as just replying option one, that's it. Maybe that's okay, but there's still a lot behind that. And you know what I thought? I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: like I'm gonna sell it and what it's done for me, like all of those amazing things. How's the things, weight off your shoulders, bar? Um. Well, it's good now. So what? Uh, what happened is, I thought I'm going to sell it. It should go to a young up and coming contact, but it needs to be a combination. The way the business needs to be structured, so it needs. So to this
0: like a Willy Wonka sort of thing where you sell tickets to the Golden Factory? Well,
1: I put, <laughs> I put it out there, and I had a vision, and I, there was there was quite a few people interested in wanting to buy it. But once they once they realised there's a price to it and what's actually involved. All of a sudden, you know, they, they weren't so interested. But so the
0: Cowboys went uh, goodbye.
1: Yeah. So it's funny because then I thought, you know what, I'm not going to give it away because I put so much into it and it did so much. I'll just pull it offline and I'm just going to focus on my thing and I, and I have to be happy with that, although I know the purpose that this could serve. And so I did. And then sure enough, not that long ago, um, I had a publishing company, a magazine publisher reach out to me just to say congratulations with Fitify, it looks great. Um, can we catch up? I want to know what you're doing with per Fit Fam." So that publishing company is actually uh, in the process of buying it right now, which is exactly where I wanted it to go.
0: Excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. So you feel like your baby's going to be adopted by some um, loving parents.
1: They literally have the infrastructure to do exactly oh, what I wanted to do with it. Perfect. Like literally what I wanted to do and I said this could not be any more perfect. Um, so that's. There's to-
0: nothing worse when a company sells. It's like exits, and someone buys it, and they just they just suck. Oh, yeah, it just sucks.
1: Yeah, these guys, these guys. You know what? I, I'm I, for me, like you know, you with your personal training business and wrapping that up. For me, based on. The, the time you know where i'm at in life and i just had to realize i i can't put into this like i used to i need to focus on what i've got um for me to be able to hand it over to these guys because i know what they're going to be able to do with it and i'll still be there to help in advisory in any way but i'm going to be so proud to see what happens to this brand same yeah yeah it's like legit yeah that, that I'm, I'm very very excited for them
0: yeah Excellent. All right, so let's let's wrap it up there um, with the Fitify thing. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to call it a thing, but with the (laughs) Fitify Fitify project. It is a thing It's a project um, So with the Fitify project um, Is it live Is it like Can people match it Yeah yeah for sure Yeah
1: so yeah for sure so Have you had any people Get married yet or uh, Two early days for married But um, <laughs> I'm going to get My marriage celebrant license And I'm literally Going to marry someone Who um, I love couple, that idea Yeah I was like That was my first thing I said like as soon as The whole idea came about I said I'm going to become A celebrant <laughs> that's So, that's so imagine incentive. the content You can come and film it bro You can oh be a part God. of it I just want to
0: content is insane I just
1: want to fly somewhere So the founder of the dating app Legally marries one of the couples. Goals. Yeah. See, and
0: that's where, that's where. The link is even more perfect because of the wedding photography. Oh, thing.
1: actually, yeah. I did I just was that's thinking crazy. about your sick content. Except yeah, wedding photography. That's, that's how I see like this thing uh, panning out. Healthy relations like even now, I guess I get so many messages from people that have matched or they've found their partner on the app and it's already? quite a, yeah, man. What the fuck? And it's quite a bizarre. How long experience. has it been live for, by the way? Um the FitFan Finder app came out on the twentieth of February. Um, <sighs> except the new app has been out from I think the fourth of February. October.
0: Yeah. Which is beautiful. The guys have done a real good job. I'm about yeah. to sign up and see if I can find me a hunky little strong man. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's incredible experience. Hey. That's awesome. As That's are. awesome. I'm proud. I'm 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 really keen to see where uh, it goes, and I'm really keen to see if I can help out in any way. Um, I'm sure um, we'll be hearing from you in the future. And five years from now, we'll lock it in and see uh, what the contrast is to this episode, which is like it's like a it's like a plan. It's like a all right, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's just going to happen worldwide. It's going to be absolutely insane. And like when I believe in something that someone else has created. I'm not, I'm not going to try and like stir you up with confidence, but it, it's like a, I've got like a, a golden touch. Yeah. It just happens. It just happens. So I believe in this. So I'm like <laughs> channeling <you>. my positive <laughs> thank energy, you, thank take you. it in, take it in. And, uh, and then I wish you all the best. If you have one thing that you would tell any of the listeners now, what would it be about anything? One thing about
1: anything. Don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah, if I was to dumb it down, it would be especially in today's market, it would be don't look at other people and compare yourself to them and expect yourself to be where they're at or to be them. Um, My biggest change in life came when um, I became self-aware of who I was and where I was going and confident in that person. You mentioned it, the, the aha moment when you realize that it's not about your followers and your likes, that's literally it,
0: hey. Love that. That's the, that's one of the best exits I've had so far. All right. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. And thank you for everybody listening from your uh, screens. If you want to watch this episode, it will be on YouTube one day. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, hit up uh, myself or Brendo. It's Brendo McCormack, M C C O R M A C K. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, as always, good thanks.